it's no secret that in real estate school, you don't learn the things you actually need to succeed in real estate. And for the first, I like to say one to two, honestly, even three years of real estate, you need to go learn everything. You need to watch everything. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, real estate rock stars, you're in for a treat today. I get to interview the wolf of real estate. We were just, I was just talking to Erica offline before we came on. I said she has the best name in the business. So it's Erica Wolf out in Jupiter, Florida. She's got all sorts of things out there that she does to generate content. We were just checking out her YouTube page out there doing a bunch of transactions. Uh, Erica, how's it going? Great. How are you? I, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I probably wish I was in Florida today. What's it, what's it been like now for everyone? When I think of Florida, I think of humid, like it is humid in Texas, but right, now, right now we're getting oh. in a season where it's better, right? No, but it's a lot more humid than Texas. A lot more. Um, all the conventions I go to in Texas, like it doesn't hold anything on Florida. Our humidity is so much worse. It's not, we're at our worst um, part of the humidity and heat right now. So in the next couple of weeks, it'll finally slow down. Our season um, typically starts like end of December because that's when our weather starts getting to like the 80s, high 70s kind of thing. Yeah. Are you, are you from there? Born and raised. Born and raised, stayed in Florida, other than when you go to conventions everywhere else. How long have you been in real estate? <laughs> 13 years. So the, what made you want to become an agent? So I was 21 with two kids. And had to not be a loser that had kids, you know, young and make a way and provide for them. So I hustled and I did it. One of one of the best parts about real estate is there. There's like there's no barrier to entry. The only barrier is you or what you can yeah. do. Like you don't even need a high school degree. Yeah, I mean you don't need a yeah. college degree. You got to pass a test, and then you and then it's go time. So like if you want to be an agent, the legal barriers are easy. It's just about how well you're going to prove yourself. So the, so did you see somebody else doing real estate? So having the need of like, yeah, being a young mom and needing to crush it, what made you so see the, it as the opportunity? The whole backstory is my mother's a calculus teacher with three master's degrees. My father's a nuclear engineer. I'm the youngest of girls. Everyone else went to college, like did that path. I was a little rebel and wanted, I guess, the attention to stick out, right? messed up in high school, had the kids and I was still a bank teller. I was a bank teller first in high school because uh, the banks here, you can start when you're 16 transition to insurance when I was 18. Um, and when you get those new sales purchases, you see all the, um, well, closing disclosures or settlement statements. Right. And yeah. I saw how much the real estate agents are making first how much I'm making like the 20 bucks on the the insurance policy that I just sold and I'm like you know what I'm gonna go get my my real estate license 
I, when I was doing insurance, I worked mainly with mortgage brokers. So I was closing like 30 to 35 a month um, in insurance policies. And again, this is before I was 21, which is real good because I made the relationships with the mortgage brokers and it kind of just paved the way for it. So you were kind of in the industry, you were talking to Mm -hmm. the people and the story, it's a little bit like, you know, you see the big house and people show up and they go, Hey, what do you do? Hey, what do you do? What business are you in? Because I know that when I was 20, I didn't realize that real estate agents made a ton of money every time a household. I had no Mm -hmm. idea how construct, how commission structures worked. Like I knew there was a house. I knew people bought it. I had no idea how people got paid and getting to understand that early, especially back then, you know, you said how how many years do you save the 13 years? So I was, well, before then, so like what, 15, 16, I was 18 to 21. Like you're so novice on how the world actually works. And when you're 18 to 21, somebody gets a two, three, four, $5,000 check. You're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And that's the life of real estate all the time. Really, the so your average sales price out there is like seven hundred fifty thousand. I think you said. Yeah. So overall, I'm around seven fifty. Um, our average price in Jupiter currently is one point five. So I always make the joke I'm below average. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm below average, but I'll hustle and get the job done every time. My range in prices, like this year, I think our highest uh, I sold was three point five but we get a good amount of estate sales through our relationships with attorneys. So I think our lowest was like 199. So it's kind of how your averages, you know, work out. I had, uh, I had two people message me last week and say, Hey, I'm a young agent. Do you have any good podcasts out there that can give me advice on how to succeed at 21? And so what was, and I've had a couple agents come on and have talked about the challenges and how they got through that. Did you see that as a challenge? Did people look at you and say, "How you're 21 years old? How am I going to trust you?" Uh, uh, you yes. Know, process and how would you find that? Hundred percent. That was like my biggest objection when I started, and I realized I didn't. Ha- I felt like I had the knowledge, but honestly, looking back, I didn't have all the knowledge that I probably needed. So this was 2008, 2009. So the bottom, yeah. I went and actually worked with a real estate attorney and did short sales and foreclosures with them. Right. So I split my commissions with them and I did bulk and that was what was in at the time. So I got so many of those deals, which was a lot of work to be honest, all those short sales and foreclosures. Um, and then got investors from that because of posting in Facebook groups. Well, actually then I was posting on Craigslist, any new short sale we got, I was posting on Craigslist. I'd answer my phone, every call, every text. Um, But I was super annoying on social media, Facebook, Instagram. I don't even think Instagram was really around then actually. So mainly Facebook. (laughs) And you remember when it was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like Facebook would ask with a question mark. Yes. And I was like trying to get this short sale home closed or like the most annoying horrible things that any social media guru would tell you like never, ever, ever do now I was doing, but I was so annoying. I I annoyed myself, but I think the consistency of it because I needed to get clients, right? Like I needed to get these sold. It wasn't just myself. Like I had to provide for other people um, that motivated me. So I think so many people are inside their own heads and thinking, 
that they shouldn't post about this, that this isn't interesting, that I'm annoying. Um, and they don't, but being consistent in anything, anything you do, mailers, social media, podcasts, like that's, that's the secret is consistency. And I was consistent. Like be bored. Yeah. Be borderline annoying. Be consistent where people have no doubt what is Erica doing? Like they know, because then when it comes up, who do I know that does short sales? Well, I know Erica does. She tells me about it all the time. So would you tell, so you said that was the old way in social media. The gurus would tell you now not to do it. Would you change your advice for somebody new now? Or would you say, hey, it worked to do with it? I would still probably do it. I have taken so many marketing courses. I mean, I've honestly probably spent close to like 200 grand in marketing courses over the 13 years, right? I would still show up constantly. I would still be in your stories. Um, I maybe wouldn't be as salesy anymore. At least I try not to be super salesy and just relate like, hey, this is what happened to me today. This is my life. It involves real estate. But like without saying, come buy a house for me. Yeah. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents. It's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. Yeah, this but is- before I was saying, come buy a house for me. Who wants to buy a house for me? I have nothing to do today. Who wants to buy a house for me? Like those were the posts I was making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should be. It's there's really just a slight different change that instead of instead of begging for work, you're but you're going to tell people every day, hey, I'm doing real estate. Hey, I'm doing real estate. Hey, I'm doing real estate. I love real estate. Here's a something. I love and the as, uh, as a new agent, I would be going to every new construction site, every open house, every broker's open, and I would be holding up your phone and telling people, like showing people what you just saw, and if you think it's a great buy, a horrible buy. If you thought the construction was great, if you thought it was for, like, I'd be honest. Yeah. Be super honest. Be honest and be consistent. People like to go, especially when it comes to social media, people want to go to people. We don't watch the news anymore. We come to people for the news. A lot of people mm-hmm. come to us for the news. Like they come to us for what's going on in real estate and things like that. We don't have time to see all of it, but can we narrow it down or what's going on with the houses and what can you teach them? I like what you said back in 08 with, uh, you know, part of the, so one of the ways you got in is you said, hey, I'm going to go do short sales 
and foreclosures. And a lot of agents at the time, some people just said, I would love to get that. How'd you get in? Others would have said, it's too much work. And then you also went to the attorneys and said, Hey, I'll give you guys half of it, right? If you let me do all the hard work for it, then I'll split the commission with you guys. And that's probably how you got to start getting in. So instead of being like too proud and trying that, I also love what you said about back then it was like posting on Craigslist you know, in 2008, 2009, like everything we, even when we were selling new homes in 2007, it was, we'd also put the listing on Craigslist. Like it wasn't just MLS because you know, Zillow and those, it wasn't quite the same, didn't have quite the same market share it had today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Craigslist, we used a lot. Every contractor we ever hired, we found on Craigslist for several years. It has, uh, but the world changes, social media changes. Sometimes I need to remind myself of that when I'm like, just post it on Facebook. When you're a new agent, you have like so much time on your hands. So why aren't you posting it on like every platform, every single one out there ever? Yeah. Yeah. The find out what's out, like be first. You know, we hear, uh, you know, Gary V, a lot of guys like that will talk about anything that's new out there. Like try it. Like whatever new process is out there. When when homes first start getting put on Craigslist, no one would have thought they were going to find a house there. Right yes. now, now maybe Facebook marketplace. Like there's, I picked up so many investors off of Craigslist and still now have like a great portfolio, even though I'd say in the past two years, I haven't been selling to investors like the previous, you know, years I've been, because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to make like that much now in hindsight, two years ago, I should have been like, buy this. Our market's going to be amazing because of a pandemic, you know? but they have definitely backed off. But if there ever is like a crash or a decline in prices, I have a huge list of people that I am going to burst and they're going to be my number ones, but I never steered them wrong. I was always honest. Um, and it all came from the short sales and closures. You just have to adapt whatever's going on at that time. Yeah. That's what you have to do. I used to buy a ton of foreclosures. I used to buy 10 or 20 a month before the pandemic hit. And the, now we're buying new construction because that's still our, we found different ways to, to find value out there as investors. But something that's funny about that. So investor clients right now, if they saw a 10 or a 20% correction, they would be all in. They'd be like, cool. Mm -hmm. All right. This was the little correction I needed. The funny part was they could have just bought retail a year ago. Correct. And it would be at 10 or 20%. So it's really hard to tell the market. I mean, when there's blood in the water, it's pretty obvious it's crashing, but it's really tough to predict the top and the bottom. A hundred percent. So hindsight's always 2020. Three years ago, I showed this new construction development to one of a client with a good family that I sell for, right? They waited a year and a half ago, went under contract on like a 6,000 square foot house for like 1.4, right? I kid you not, three months ago, I sold a house in the same community for $2.3 million. And what is crazy about this is my buyer who is under contract for 1.4 still has not even closed yet because of the pandemic, the supplies got pushed back. So she has another three months before she closes. She has a million dollars in equity and hasn't even put the money up front. That is, she has just a 20% down payment. And I'm like, girl, you need to flip this and just let me sell it. I have buyers for it. And she's like, no, cause I need the big house. Where else am I going to go? I'm like, I'm telling you, you just need to sell it. Like, no, you make the million dollars, ten thirty one it, and your mortgage will be two grand more if you upsize. The that is a uh, crazy. It's, some it's of you listeners are probably thinking that's an extreme example, but that is the reality right now. That's why we start getting into new homes this year 
because we got into contract and stuff in January. We're, we're just now taking ownership of them and they are worth completely different values than we got in contract on. One warning I want to give some uh, agents out there is on these new home construction contracts though, is make sure there isn't a builder out. I've, I yes. saw a few examples in the news lately where a house has increased by $200,000 and the builder is now going back to them and saying, we are no I'm longer selling it. to you unless you want to pay $200,000 more. That's kind of unheard of. In real estate, it's supposed to be the buyer gets the house no matter what, the seller can't change their mind, the buyer can change their mind. But the but builders, if they add their own contract, they have that in there. And at a time like now, if I was a builder, there's no way I would sign something that didn't have that in there. So be keep your eye out for it. I guarantee all the new builder contracts currently have that in there now. I guarantee because I mean, a million dollars left on the table for this builder. They have to. They totally, they, they totally have to. And it's, and it, it's just, it's funny and wild, but yeah, everything that we bought, everything we got in escrow in January, it was, it, it's been huge. So how do you get so my buyer, my buyer, sorry, my buyer was supposed to close in August. It's now September when we're recording this, right? She was mad that they're telling her now it's looking like a January close date. Right. And so I went through the contract. She's like, is there anything I can do? Like I need to get in this house. And I look at it and I'm like, no, the buyer or the builder has two years to complete the project. So like he's still within the timeline, even though he gave you an estimated closing date. I said, but I wouldn't be pushing it because look at your equity, sit there and be quiet. Like he could drag his feet, right? Like what if he dragged his feet past the timeline of the two years and he doesn't have to sell to you? That's the issue I'm having with that now too. So I'm like, so be nice, let him complete it and say, thank you. Yeah, so uh, do whatever we can to help. But- <laughs> I'll, I'll do the cleanup on the weekends. if that <laughs> You don't need to clean it for us. I promise. <laughs> Whatever it takes to do the deal. So the, so are you, are you, do you have a team? Is it just a, I like, do. how many, how many transactions are you doing this year? And what's your team look like? So we're like 75. I'm still a huge majority of them. My second best in line, who honestly, I think is like an amazing agent and everything. She's still sitting around like 15 to 20 deals. Everyone else is going to be kind of under her. They are newer. They are all girls kind of two to three years in, you know, so they're doing their time. They're making it work. I wish I had one of those like killer teams that's out there, but I think I have a loyal team. So How how did you decide you wanted to have a team? 13 years in. Probably more so my family is like, you have got to stop working 80 plus hours. There's got to be a smarter way. And um, honestly, in the next 10 years, I probably would love to step back from production. So I don't do buyers anymore. I only do listings, um, have buyers agents. All the team members are. So that's a fair like first step, right? When people are like, so what's that first step on a team? If you want to work a little bit less, you're like, hey, I won't, I won't do buyers. I'll just do listings. And then when it comes to the buyer's leads that come in, now you have a teammate or a team member you can pass them off to. And then it still gets to grow. Because there is, we, uh, back in 2009 and 2010, during that crash, we were buying all the yeah. on the courthouse steps. We were fixing them and selling them. So we were, we had all the listings, right? Like the, it was, you could get a short sale, you get a bank owned REO, or you could get ours that looked nice and new. And we didn't have time to do anything with the buyer leads and the sign leads. And that was some yeah. of the, the first hires to grow the team was it's like, Hey, there's so much here that we're actually leaving on the table. When people would call and say, Hey, can you show me this? Ha-? 
oh, the house is pending. Can you show me this house? I said, no, sorry, we can't. And we had no one to send those out to. Such an easy way to start growing that team, freeing up exactly. time. And, and so we switched all of our signs to um, a Google voice number, right? So it rings every team member's cell phone, first person to grab it. They have to be up to date on every single listing that we have so they can be knowledgeable and answer the questions and schedule an appointment. In a different market, I think it'll work a little differently, but typically when we list a home, um, we do open houses and it's under contract by Monday. So it's not as many like scheduling the showings, getting them in the home anymore as when you get a sign call and they're asking questions. It's like, hey, we have other listings coming up in the area, like having those conversations with them. Yeah. Real estate rock stars. Before this next commercial break, I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you for listening to the commercials that we put in here. This is how we're able to push the podcast to you. This is how we can make sure that we publish so much content and keep providing value. So here we go from one of our sponsors, Rent Ready. All right, guys, we got to be honest here. You've heard so many of the Rent Ready ads over the past really nine to 12 months as they've been one of our flagship sponsors for so much of the stuff that we're doing. You know, Rent Ready is a property management software, and we've told you about this truly working to elevate the entire renting experience for landlords and tenants. But this time, this isn't just a boring old podcast ad. I'm not sure how many episodes we're going to run this on, but it's not just to help you maintain and screen tenants and run leases. This podcast ad is actually a secret. So this month, Rent Ready is releasing a game-changing feature that will help you save a whole lot of time and headache when it comes to crunching numbers on your rentals. I don't even know what it is yet. They wanted me to start doing this and said, so while I can't share it yet, make sure that you stay tuned to the Rockstars podcast for that surprise reveal because we'll have it on good authority that Rent Ready will be letting our listeners know that once top secret feature is ready. So in the meantime, if you're looking to get started on Rent Ready's powerhouse of a platform, I use it for a lot of my stuff. Get signed up, save 50% off on any Rent Ready plan using our special code, Rockstar. 50. So that's 50% off any rent-ready plan when you sign up using our code ROCKSTAR50 at rentready.com. It's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com using the code ROCKSTAR50 for 50% off any of them. And again, listeners, I got to say, thank you for listening to our sponsor ads. And if you have any interest at all in trying you know, any property management software, we appreciate it when you go check out our sponsors, especially the ones where I'm telling you about it myself. That's a great tip. That's a great tip out there for anybody that's doing a lot of volume mm-hmm. themselves and they're ready to take their step into to forming that team. Like the Google voice number is, it's it's great because it rings everybody, like she said, it rings everybody at the same time. You can set them up by neighborhood. You can set them, you can have a bunch of them. Correct. I don't know if you can have a bunch of them that also ring a bunch of different cell phones the same, but everybody gets- Oh, you could. Time and you could almost- it'd be a pain. Per, per, yeah, it'd be a pain to set it up per zip code or remember like, oh, this is this guy's calling in, in this part of Jupiter, Florida. Oh, this is one of our signs over here. That would, so people do that. This, yeah, for sure. So this is also kind of, I think, super unique in conversations I have with people. So Palm Beach County, I'm on the northern tip of Palm Beach County. So you go from like a Boca to Jupiter to Cuesta. And to get to Boca is like 30, 45 minutes. Um, I have a strict 10 mile radius policy. I do not service anything outside of that. I have team members that will go north, but we do not go south. I have referral partners that I will send business to that direction, but I'm not going to pretend to know areas I don't do not know. 
Um, I would rather be an expert in a super hyper local area. So when I do that, all of my videos that I make are geared towards my location. All of our mailers that we do are geared towards that location. I think that's a, that's a super important tip to give there because as an entrepreneur, when somebody says, Hey, can you do this too? The normal answer is, yep. Sure you're going to say yes. And you're going to figure it out later. You're going to say yes to a contract. And then you're going to figure out later if it's profitable or not. That's a normal Correct. entrepreneurial type of Correct. mindset. It's this like a mindset of there isn't enough out there. We have to say yes to everything because we have a chance of growing this. And it's not necessarily a wrong attitude, but your, but your, uh, but your attitude on it is no, I'm going to focus here because it'll help me be better because you can still get the revenue for those other areas. If you've got great referral relationships, if you know somebody south of that zip code area that you can send this stuff to, then it's almost like, then you make money without doing the work there. Exactly. And I think as real estate agents, it's like our duty for the amount of money that we're getting to be trusted that we can properly advise a client. I genuinely do not know anything south of West Palm Beach. Like, sure, I've gone there. I've been there before. But can I advise you on what kind of lifestyle you're going to have in these different neighborhoods? Absolutely not. I do not know this, right? Why would you not put them in the hands of somebody who 100% knows that area? Like, to me, it's a no-brainer. And in that time that instead of going and pretending I know an area, pretending to advise somebody, on something, I could go get two more deals closed in an area that I know everything about and I'm confident in and I can advise properly. Yeah. I think that is, I think it's a great strategy. I think it's a great strategy and it's a great point. Sometimes the, the, the tendency is going to be say yes and figure it out of, Oh, I don't want to lose this lead. And maybe I should go there. And you're saying, no, focus on what you're good at, stick with your niche, stay with your niche. It'll make you better at it. And then as a result, you get more of the deals. How do you get most of your listings? Two parts. So we, uh, for the past two years, have done a lot, a lot, a lot of mailers. Um, but before that, it was a lot, a lot, a lot of videos. <laughs> yeah. So I was told by one of my first investors, who is a very brilliant man in marketing, and said it takes 13 touches before anybody even remembers your name. Yeah. So my whole thing is, how do I get in front of them 13 times? What's the quickest possible way, right? So we're doing video, we're doing mailers, and we're just... Consistent, 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 consistent. That's it. What does your mailer say? So we have mailers showing all of our sales. Um, I think I gave you guys my whole like mailer lineup is what yeah. my PDF is on how to do it. Yeah, um, in the toolkit, we get to see it all, right? Yeah. yeah. So for listeners that are new, that you go to hybendigital.com, you sign up for the toolkit, you'll get to see a lot of Erica's secrets and tactics that she uses for that. So we have a couple different things monthly to our farm area, which happens to be 5,000 homes. Um, it's everything we've done there. It also has, I think that one typically has a QR code because we're targeting listings to a video or not to a video. I think it's to a seller's guide on tips to sell your home. Right. And then before I have any listing come up that mail route, we send a postcard like a week before our listing goes live saying thinking of selling and we send them a postcard with a QR code that's a video about selling, right? So they click them and they go to that. And then in a week, they're going to see a for sale sign in their neighborhood, right? And they're like, oh, my neighbor did that. I, the strategy. Yeah. So I've been running 
uh, digital ads, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever, all of them, Google's, all the videos. Uh, Krista Mayshore taught me a lot <laughs> on how to do it. Before that, I did Ryan Stuman Break Free Academy like eight years ago, but he's more general on how to run a funnel. Krista breaks it down to the niche of real estate videos and education. It's very education driven. And we pixel everybody. So for eight years, I've been running digital ads. And I really, because I've stuck to my um, like 10 mile radius, my pixeled audience that I'm constantly retargeting, I feel like it's really good. <laughs> really good. So there, I go to a grocery store, I go to the mall, I go wherever. They're saying, you're everywhere. I see you. I'm not really everywhere, you guys. You're just pixeled. <laughs> Hey, Real Estate Rockstars listeners. This is a commercial break, but this is a quick commercial break for you guys. See, have any of you ever wanted to host your own podcast? Have any of you guys thought about launching a podcast but it seemed overwhelming, didn't quite know what to do? You know, something that we're thinking about launching right now or something that we're starting to launch right now, I don't know how many people we're gonna help with, is we wanna find listeners like you that wanna launch their own podcast. Seemed a little bit overwhelming on what to do next. And we're gonna start a service where we're gonna help you guys figure out how to schedule your podcast, how to do the interviews. Our backend team will do everything that we do for the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. We will edit the show for you. We will publish it. We will help you with your social media and your images to really grow it. So I think our plan right now is you know, three or four podcasts a month. We're up to three or four podcasts a month. The cost will be between 500 bucks and a thousand bucks a month to help you guys publish and launch your own podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, be sure to reach out to us. Go find me on Instagram. Send me a message on there. It's at Aaron Amuchastake. All right, back to the podcast. Yeah, you just think that I'm I'm looking through all of your stuff right now on your website. So the you guys need to go to wolfofrealestate.com. It's wolf with an E, W-O-L-F-E of realestate.com and her resources. You've got these amazing like buyer's guide, move-in checklist, like the, uh, anybody could do something like this, but man, the quality of them looks great. And as you go Thank through you. Like, area relocation guides, like the, um, you know, moving to this County, I love what you said too, about, um, it's so funny when, when you're about to have a listing in a neighborhood, the normal thing is check out our listing next week, or the normal thing is check out our open house sign. And you're not even saying that you're just saying like, Hey, we're an agent. So now when they see the sign, they don't think one came before the other. They think, oh, Erica's huge. Erica has stuff going all over the time. It really is so much. We tell people that with podcast ads. We tell that when we're sending out mailers to investors, like how can you send out a bunch of mailers to where they see it? Because the first time people do need to think you're huge. They do need to think you're an authority. Now, some people- Perception think, is reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they believe you're the best, if they believe you're the biggest, I've seen people go, no, I advertise at the store. I have my picture come up on the on the on the carts when people are pushing through in there. Like, you know, people are like, why would you advertise on the park bench? Because that's just another place uh, to become one of those spots. Well, I, I love the I love the content that you've got on your site as some of the ideas of the different mailers and stuff that you've been pushing out there. Now is totally like maybe you have no idea on this. Is Facebook changing their pixel idea? Like, are we not allowed to market the same way to the pixel that we used to? Do people have to opt into that? Do you know, have you looked into that much? So I'm also in Tom Ferry coaching to have like a more business coach, right? And they had me pushing out more Google because they're seeing as a whole in their coaching program that Facebook isn't doing as well in return, right? 
So, so as a whole, they weren't returning well. So I did pull back a little bit, maybe three months ago in Facebook and pushed a lot more of my marketing budget um, to Google. And I saw a decline in listing appointments. So I then said, go back to what we were doing, keep the Google, but keep the Facebook, right? So I felt like it, but I, I kind of think now where we're at, they corrected it. I think Facebook heard that what everybody was saying and they've corrected it. Like I'm talking in the last two weeks, my calls and I ask every listing appointment where they saw me and they're like, well, I saw you everywhere. I'm like, but what made you actually, what was it? And like, they're like Facebook. Cause when I genuinely think about it, somebody who's selling a house, they're going to be in my area. They're typically in their forties. They're going to be more on Facebook than they are, say, like Instagram, TikTok and everything. Not saying I'm not the other places, but genuinely in my area, somebody lives in a home for like 12 years. So I've done the stats on it. They're typically on Facebook. And if they're not on Facebook, they're on Google. So I'm running it on both. The, and I'm over here as you're talking, I'm like pulling up your YouTube page and pulling up your Facebook page. So the, yeah, you can look at my ads on my Facebook page. Getting to see all the different stuff as they're coming up. It's uh, I bet that Facebook must have read. They must have redone their user agreement. Part of what they were trying to do with pixels is saying, well, people don't want to be tracked anymore. So people are opting out of being tracked or the new iPhone agreement said we couldn't track them anymore the same way. But then I think that they probably realized they lost all their revenue. So then they changed the user agreement. Now it's turning back on just knowing that it's back in the in, over the last couple of weeks is going to make me want to start doing it again. Tell me about your YouTube page. You've got some videos on here that are, you know, you've got some that are a few hundred, which is normal agent. And then you've got some that are 5,000, 10,000, 15, 20,000. What's the, what's the combination to get the right amount of views in YouTube and how many, how many leads do you get through there? So I'm not the best on YouTube. Um, I have some great agent friends who are amazing on YouTube, but I've always wanted to focus more on it. I think just because it's not like a conversation engagement platform, I don't see it as that. I see it as more of like a holding spot for a lot of my videos because YouTube, like on realtor.com, you can, if you have a listing video, you can give the YouTube link and they're now posting it on your realtor.com like listing site. Right. So that's why you see a lot, a lot of listing videos. That is the incorrect way to actually have a YouTube page. And I have some amazing YouTube gurus as friends and they say I should have a separate one just for my listing videos. But typical Erica fashion, I'm just like doing it my way. And so we do run a lot of ads. Um, Some are from flyers. Like I said, every house brochure, or maybe I did say, um, every brochure that we give out in every listing gets a nice brochure. Because like, I don't know if a mom is buying a house for their son or a dad is buying their house for their daughter, right? And they're coming in and we're giving them a nice brochure. They're like, wow, last time I sold a house, my house didn't have this, you know, like you never know who you're meeting on the back has a QR code linked to the virtual tour. And I tell every single one on my team to make sure you tell people, Hey, if you want to share a video of this house to any family member, like to get opinions on it, use this QR code, send them the link. Right. So we get a lot from brochures. We get a lot from mailers, um, good amount from ads. And some go semi-viral, I guess, is what we would say. Yeah. It's your point of the post of the brochures is a good point because people say, 
hey, are you going to do an open house for me? Are you going to do these nice brochures? And the reality in today's market is you don't need to do any of that stuff for a house to sell. Most of the time, if a house is priced right, you're going to get a bunch of offers. The pictures can almost be iPhone pictures and get a sale. Yeah. But you're not necessarily, but, but as a listing agent, you're not necessarily trying. You have to think. You're not marketing the house. You're marketing yourself. Right. Like, that's, that's why a- am I paying $1,200 for a, a home tour video? Because it's not about the house. It's about me and my growth and how I can advertise that forward. What sales is that going to bring me? That's that why I do it. So I'm selfish. Long game instead. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's so easy as agents go, we don't need to do that right now. I'm going to get a flat rate listing agent. And I'm going to do this or they, or, you know, as agents, it's going to be easy to do a half-assed job and not do it or say, Hey, you don't have to do this part right now. But yeah, it's every agent should know, especially newer agents. When you're figuring out what you're going to budget for, do I really need to do that? That just like what Erica said, that flyer isn't to sell that house. It's so that person that walked in realizes that when they sell a house, they want Erica to do it because everything is a hundred percent professional. The um, people miss that, miss that a lot. We don't talk about it enough on the podcast. We have a 93 point listing marketing system that I have created and we do it on every single listing. doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter the price point. Yeah. I'm pulling up uh, right now. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. So I pulled up your, I got to see your Instagram page. I followed you over there. I'm sure we'll start chatting over there as we share videos and share this out. I love seeing your YouTube. I was going to try to find some of your, are you wolf of real estate everywhere? If I Everywhere. The, uh, again, what it. On what TikTok, it, they wouldn't let me spell estate, like the whole long, you know, word. So it's EST, wolf of real EST. Oh, you That's ran out one of different. I ran out of room. You're like, come on. The, uh, TikTok's my favorite platform right now. Um, not producing any income by any means from it, but it's just a favorite. Yeah. I'm seeing. So you say you're not, produ- you're, you say you're not getting any income from it, which in one sense is probably accurate, but in, in another, the idea is, um, that's another way people are going to see you. It's another way people, most, people are going to recognize you. Most of my followers, I think I have like 1,800 on there, are um, probably all of my son's <laughs> friends who are 15. But I mean, three years from now. That is so funny. They're, well, no, they're, they'll hear their parents saying we should sell our house. They're going to say, hey, you should. Hey, it works for Glenda Baker. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> Go over here and check this out. How awesome. The So what is... Um, I mean, we've talked about a lot of tips on here today and we're, as we're running a little bit out of time, but if you were going to, if you were going to start again, what's one thing that you wish you would have known as a, as a new young agent? I mean, one of the ways you said that you got through being too young was you just did a whole bunch of, you did a whole bunch of research and you worked hard and you're willing to do deals. No one else was willing to do, but what other advice, you know, do you wish you would have heard earlier in your career? Go find an agent that's closing a lot and do everything for them. Take 25%. Like 25% on the numbers we're seeing right now. Yeah. Go be the showing assistant, go be whatever and learn and learn and learn. Like, listen, it's no, it's no secret that in real estate school, you don't learn the things you actually need to succeed in real estate. And for the first, I like to say one to two, honestly, even three years of real estate, like you need to go learn everything. You need to watch everything. You need, if so, if you can find somebody that if you offer 25% to them, like I'll only take 25% and I'll do everything you want. 
go do it if you're young. Go do it because like you said earlier, $3,000 is a lot of money to them. Yeah. Rather than, rather than stick, it's such a negotiation that happens later of, you know, at, at some point in real estate, someone's going to say, some listing agent's going to say, well, will you do this for a half a point? Will you do this for a point? Like, why am I paying you so much? People are going to question your value all sorts of times during your career. But when you're new, getting to, essentially you're doing the job for them. You're going to question yourself. Just, hey, I don't have to take that much. I want to learn from you. Let me do this. Let me help you because you can go pay a hundred thousand bucks to go to college. The, and, and try to learn something and come out of it with something. I tell people that if they want to, if they want to learn how to flip houses rather than, you know, pay for college, go lose 20 grand on three or four houses in a row. And the, it doesn't matter if you win or lose on those first ones, you're going to learn so much about that process. Your education. Yeah. Your education? You can learn real estate from an agent by letting them keep most of the commission and, and, and you still get paid a little bit. That's a, I think that's a great tip. Erica, the uh, people are going to go find, they're going to go check out your website. Like I did. And they're going to say, I want to send Erica all my referrals for Jupiter, Florida, or I want to ask her how yes. she's doing that. And you're also like a, you're also a coach out there and some different platforms and things like that. How do you want people to find you and reach out to you? Wolf of real estate, but it's wolf with an E at the end of real estate on all platforms. And Erica Wolf, find yeah. me, reach out. I'm on all of them. Yeah, I just proved that. I yeah, I found Wolf of Real Estate all over the place. The every media platform out there, you're out there. When you started your career, you were willing to do all the stuff no one else wanted to do to be able to push through. And I think what you guys are doing is really cool. The 13 touches. I mean, this is the first time I've heard somebody talk about that postcard they're getting ahead of time. You're not actually talking about your listing. That way now when they see the listing, they realize it. they're like, oh my gosh. She must be everywhere because I also got this random postcard from her and now she's got one in my neighborhood. So Erica, that was awesome. The uh, Thanks for coming on the show. The, Thank you uh, for having me. Hope you had fun and real estate rock stars. Thanks for listening. Go reach out to Erica. Thank you. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com 
for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.